0: Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Good evening to everyone. Glad that you are a part of our gathering, our assembly of worship on this evening. This morning, we discuss the Church of the Bible. And this evening, we think about the Bible Of the church. We recorded, as we do every Sunday afternoon, the next episode of The Church Debater and Preacher Mike. And in that recording, Greg Collins gave me an idea that I decided to use for tonight's lesson. And if you get a chance to get on YouTube and find that channel and watch that one, and any of the others that are out there, we'd be glad to have you do that. And you'll notice this thing that we're going to do together came from the things that Greg said. And so tonight I want you to notice the Bible of the church It is important as we understand that if the church is not what it ought to be, then it's not following what the Bible says it should do. In fact, the question came up this morning, uh, how do we know that a church is a church that is doing what God wants from those 313 different religious groups registered in the United States? Which one? is the one that says, or that is connected to God and to Jesus who said, I will build my church. How are we going to figure that out? And so the obvious answer that we came to was this group of people, the called out ones, are the ones who are called out of the world to God and therefore are following what God wants them to do. And it makes perfect sense then that they would be following the Bible because this is God's instruction manual. So the question is, how do you know if a church is a church that Jesus said He would build? Well, I would be able from Scripture, I think, to figure out for me whether I would want to be a part of a particular group because I can open my Bible, and I can see what the Bible says. And from that teaching of Scripture, find a group of people who are practicing what the Bible teaches. Now tonight, I want you to imagine with me, as Greg put it out in the program today, this is a memory device. I want to give you the outline before we talk about it. And it's one of these memory devices where you get this picture in your head that you just can't get out. And when you have that kind of picture, you can remember the things that are therein, most likely. And so as it comes up, I want you to notice. I want you to imagine with me, first of all, this picture of a judge sitting In his courtroom. Are we going to be getting that or not? I don't know. I think I sent it up there. Okay, they say yes, it's coming. All right, so until they show it up there, I'll have you look at it in your mind first. I want you to imagine a judge sitting on the bench in front of a courtroom drama that is unfolding. Now, On his bench with him, on one side, I want you to imagine a bowl of yeast. So you have the judge, you have a bowl of yeast. Next to the judge, I want you to imagine, it's there now, huh? Okay. I want you to imagine he has an energy drink. Now that's my energy drink. That's mine, the bang drinks. That's why I put it in there. On his other side, I want you to imagine he has a sword ready to go. Now, here is the picture that I want you to have in your mind. While that picture is there, I want you to go back to Hebrews chapter 4. And if you want to just stay in that text, it is the place that we will be in order to see what it is that God wants us to have. So, notice with me verse 12 particularly. Here is what he says about this concept. Look at verse number 12. The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Piercing even to dividing asunder the soul of spirits, the joints and the marrow as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This picture that we have before us is Hebrews 4 and verse 12. So I want you to think with me how this picture shows this verse. Number one. The Word of God is living. Yeast is alive. Yeast causes something to happen internally. Oh, I know what happened. You want to put up the word living? Hit it again and see what happens. There we go. Now we got it word of God is living. Yeast is a substance that is alive and it gets inside that bread dough and it makes something happen. It's certainly not dead. It causes activity. It is living. The word is Zoe. Zoe. And of course, you know, I have a granddaughter named Zoe. AND SHE WAS NAMED PROPERLY. BECAUSE SHE IS ALIVE. AND MAN, SHE IS GOING ALL THE TIME. ZOE, THE WORD OF GOD IS LIVING. IT IS, THEREFORE, THE BIBLE, THE BIBLE OF THE CHURCH IS OUR LEAVEN. GALATIANS 5 AND VERSE 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Leaven is a an alive source that takes something and does something within it. It is alive. It is active. It is ready to go. It is alive. Our Bible, our Bible. Is our living leaven before God. Jesus warned about it though, because he said, I want you to be careful, Matthew 16, about the leaven of the Pharisees. But he also said in Mark 3, be careful of the leaven of Herod. Because the idea of leaven is that it is an influence. The word leaven is used in Scripture for an influence that is involved with our lives. And Jesus was saying the Pharisees and what they teach is an influence on your life if you're not careful. So you be aware of what it is that they are doing. You be aware of what they are teaching But Jesus also said there is power in the leaven that is the kingdom of God, Luke 13. Uh, The kingdom of heaven is like a woman who took leaven and put it in three measures of meal until the whole was leavened. It can be a negative thing with the Pharisees and with Herod, but it is a positive thing with God when leaven, uh, the kingdom of God, is placed into the kingdom of men. It has a possibility to have a great influence. And that is what this text is about. It's about the idea of having an influence. Again, Paul warns the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 6, your glorying is not good. And he uses that phrase again, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. These people in Corinth were happy that they had among them a man living in sin, and they were big enough to accept him. And they thought that that was some kind of a good thing. And Paul said, be careful. You're glorying in something that is not good. And it's going to have a leavening influence in your life for a negative thing. Therefore, our leaven is our active use, influence of God's Word. Now, the Bible is influential, but there are people who say differently. Some people say the Bible is too old to speak to this generation. It's out of date. It doesn't talk about what we need and what we want. It doesn't address the things that we have. It's just old. It needs to be updated and changed. A second thing they say is that this Bible is a living document. The first one says, it's too old, it's dead. The other side says, it's living. And because it's living, it is constantly being reinterpreted for the culture of the day. There are places, as you know, Churches that do things that the Bible just doesn't speak about. And that's one of the things that this whole message is designed to do. Call people to the Bible to figure out what is right and what is wrong. Is it too old to speak to this generation? Does it need to be reinterpreted with all of the cultural things that we are going through now? Oh, but then I think about what the wise man said in the book Ecclesiastes. There is nothing new under the sun. The Bible addresses every situation, every problem, every concern, every thought that we would ever have that relates to being right with God because there's nothing new under the sun. I asked the high school class at the Christian Academy, Did Jesus really suffer and was he tempted in every way that we are? And how could he have been? He did not have access to the internet. And astutely, they said, but wait a minute. He didn't have the internet, but he was still tempted by things all around him. The very things that would have tempted him in daily life are the things that we can be tempted by on the Internet, for instance. The idea is not the methodology. The idea is not the mode. The idea is not the medium. The idea is this. There's something being used to tempt you. So the Bible is our leaven. It's alive. It is active. It's a part of what we use as an alive, vibrant Christianity. The Bible is our leaven. Number two, the Bible is the church's energy drink. If you want to have a church that's energized, We need to have a church that is feasting on the Word of God. Notice the text again. The Word of God is living and powerful, says the New King James. The Word is, in our case, it is energy. The Word of God is effective. The Word of God is working. The Word of God does exactly what it is set out to do in our case. The Word of God is energetic. If there is a church that is not moving forward, that is not alive, that is not active, I'm going to say that the first problem is that they are not using their energy drink. The Bible is our energizing factor. This word uh, translated energy is a word that means that which activates something to produce something else. And in the definition it uses the idea of the electrical wire that is energized in order to bring light to the light bulb. And that is our Bible. Our Bible energizes us. Our Bible gives us a reason to move forward. Our Bible, when we read and study, helps us to arrive at a place where we really can be the light of the world. This text says, that the Bible is effective. Paul said to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13, we thank God that you received the Word of God from us, not as it is from men, but as it is truth, the Word of God that works effectively among you. The Bible is effective. The Bible works. The Bible energizes. Ephesians 1, 10 and 11 says that God is working to bring our inheritance to us. The Bible says in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, He does above, beyond all that we can ask or think. God is working things out according to His will. Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says that it is the energizing factor. It is for us our energy drink. And as I was studying this afternoon, I had my energy drink, living the lesson. But the idea is, is the church imbibing Fully the Word of God? Are we engaged with our energizing medium? The Bible of the church is the church's energy drink, and we need to be drinking of it fully and deeply. I've heard many comments about our series on Wednesday nights about the justice of God. Do you know why we can pull off that lesson? Because we have so many Bible students who are involved in that lesson. So many deep thinkers and deep readers in Scripture. And so we come to that event, and we have this resource and wealth of material of ideas and concepts that come from a group of people who read and study the Bible. And that's why it is so energizing to be a part of that kind of study. Number three, that sword that the judge has on his bench. The Word of God is living, it's alive. It is powerful, energizing. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, a two-edged sword, as has been said, is a sword that cuts both ways. A two-edged sword cuts going in And cut's coming out. A two-edged sword, when I've seen that skill taught, was intended to be stuck and twisted and removed. And while that is a gory picture, it shows exactly what the Word of God is supposed to do if it's allowed It'll get inside and it'll twist and it will cut going in, it'll cut coming out because it's sharper than any two edged sword. The Word of God cuts deeply. The concept of the sword is used in Romans chapter 13 where God says that the government, we should submit to the government because they do not bear the sword in vain. The sword stands as a picture of judgment or a picture of punishment The government has the right to use the sword. The government has the right to use punishment to keep people in line, to protect those who want to be free. Maybe he could have used any number of ideas, but he used a sword. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10? I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. So Jesus doesn't want us to be at peace? That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. And by its very nature, it cuts and divides. He wasn't talking there about intent. He was talking in that passage about effect. When the Bible comes into life, the effect often is division. Because there are people who will accept what it says, and then there are others who reject it, and automatically, those people that one time who were together are now divided, not because Jesus wants them divided, but because of the effect of what Jesus teaches causes some people to believe while others reject. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. So then what did he do in Ephesians 6? Part of the armor that a Christian wears is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Bible is the church's weapon. It's what we use. It's what we use not only to fight sin on a daily basis, it's what we use to do surgery on ourselves, to let it penetrate into the thinnest of crevices, the thinnest of lines that thin line between the bone and the marrow, the thin line that is the joints. He is saying the Bible digs in deep. We can use it for self-surgery, but the church uses it as its weapon, not only to move forward in an offensive way, cutting out sin in the world. But defending against that which is error, as a sword is often used in a defensive stance. But finally, fourth, the Bible is the church's judge. Look at this word in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. A discerner. The word there translated discerner is the word from which we get our word critical. Kritikos the judge the root of that word is the judge so the bible is the judge of the thoughts and intents of the heart the bible discerns the bible judges peter stood before the household of cornelius and said that God has appointed Jesus to be the judge both of the living and of the dead. It was Jesus who said, John 12 and verse 48, the words that I speak to you, they are life. They will judge you in the last day. So it makes sense, doesn't it? That if THE BIBLE IS GOING TO BE THE JUDGE ON THE LAST DAY, THEN THE BIBLE SHOULD BE OUR JUDGE EVERY DAY UNTIL THE LAST DAY. WHAT IS THE POINT OF TODAY? NUMBER ONE, THE POINT OF TODAY IS TO SAY TO US WHO ARE PART OF THE RICHMOND CHURCH, This is our assembly. We are the called out ones, called out by God, and we've chosen to be in this place and to work in this environment, in this congregational model. This is who we are. We certainly are a part of the church corporate, the church universal. And as such, this lesson is intended To remind us again to stay inside the Word of God as the church. To be Bible students. To take every opportunity for Bible study. You know, when we start opening back up more and more, I really hope that parents have done what I'm sure they have with their children not being able to be in Bible class for the past year. It's the number one job of a home to teach their children. But as we start getting our Bible classes opened again, these young minds, these young people need to have this teaching in a way that energizes them to want to be a part of the church. I hope that you'll be taking advantage of that. Maybe you haven't done it before. Why don't you plan to as we start more and more? And as we open up more adult classes, opportunities for study, one of the great things about this past year has been the number of study opportunities from places other than this building. In my memory of the times I've been here, I don't think there's been a time when we've had more outside study opportunities taking place through Zoom, through email, through all kinds of technology. It seems like we've had more of these than ever before. That's a positive thing. That's a great thing. So as we open up more in-person studies, I hope those in-person studies will simply be additional, not replacing those other things that we have started that are so powerful and so good. So I'm hoping that we energize us as a church, but number two, I hope that we make a stand before anybody who online might pick this up. The church is... Designed by God. Uh, The church is defined by God. And the Bible tells you what to do. The Bible reveals what the church looks like and how it works and what its practice is. And only in that method can it be effective. So I want to call people who might stumble across this or intentionally listen to it. So let the Bible speak to you about the church that Jesus said He would build. Let us be the called out people who stand on the Word of God and effectively show who Jesus is in our lives. As always, may God bless our country. May God bless this church, may God bless every individual here to be energized with the Word of God in order to be the alive, active, called out ones of the Lord. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky.